Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Nothing happened yesterday at all, Pat, right? Like literally nothing. It was a boring Monday news day. We had nobody getting fired. There was like no movement on the Aaron Rodgers front uh, heading into the NFL draft on Thursday. Us Packer fans are still sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for, oh, wait. Quite literally, everything that could happen happened yesterday. Like I I, literally I I saw this. Go ahead. After we recorded too. Of course, always after we record the show in the morning, this is when this stuff happens. Um, but I I think Clay Travis summed this up the best. If you were in media yesterday, the best time to drop bad news was yesterday. Why? Because you were likely to go to the bottom of the barrel. I mean, it's not like, you know, two of the most well-known hosts in cable news um, were ousted from their positions. It's not like um, the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers actually executed a trade for Aaron Rodgers. It's not like, oh, wait, uh, my my <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur, the mess that is Tottenham Hotspur, decided to can a second coach. Um Putting the third coach for the year in charge. Yeah, what a day it was on Monday. But this, folks, is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, and this is Critical Thinking. Welcome on into Truth or Fiction Tuesday. You know the drill by now. We give statements to each other, asking if they are truth or fiction, and then we discuss. It is a pretty simple concept, folks. Um, But guess what? You can also participate in that going forward. On Mondays, we will call for your best truth or fiction statements on our respective Twitters. You can go to at the Coppin Show or at the Pat Oni Show and use the hashtag truth or fiction. It's just that simple. So next week, look for that, Um, or you can just reply to our call for your best truth or fiction statements, and we will go from there. Okay, Um, first truth or fiction, Pat, I think we should probably, um, hmm, 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 I'm thinking we need to go with your first truth or fiction. Okay. 
which is truth or fiction ron DeSantis is the weaker gop candidate in 2024 in comparison to donald trump um first and foremost pat how dare you bring up ron DeSantis and donald trump a day after all that news broke that that's the thing that you're going truth or fiction on yeah but i mean i i had one that was more uh apropos to uh everything else going on yesterday yeah we'll we'll get into that in a little bit but um i think for me this is fiction this is absolute total fiction ron DeSantis is a governor with absolute name recognition he is the most well-known governor outside of maybe gavin newsom in the entire country. And then third and foremost, he has absolutely none of the baggage that Donald Trump has. He is not under investigation. He is not indicted. He is not pending charges in two other cases, right? He has absolutely none of the personal foibles um, that Donald Trump has. So in what respect is he a weaker candidate? Also, Let's not forget this. He is much better at thinking on his feet. He is much better at being able to react in the moment in a calm, cool, and yet very candid and very forceful manner. We saw that with the protester or protesters that attempted to interrupt his uh, speech a few weeks ago. He just kept on rolling with the punches. He didn't go crazy. He didn't, uh, you know call them names he doesn't have to swear to get his point across like donald trump does on the stage at at every point when you look i can understand that maybe he does not have that name behind him and that's the weakness but that only goes so far because he's going to be put on the national stage in front of everybody let's also not forget that in 2024 in the debate cycle right There are no debates going to be happening on the Democratic side. So literally all the oxygen in the room will be focused in on Team GOP. I don't see any weaknesses here. This is absolute fiction for me. I mean, you went the logical route here. I'll give you that. Um, I I think logically and on paper, he he should be at least – on par with Donald Trump in terms of his strength and candidacy, maybe even a tad bit stronger, especially with all the legal stuff going on with Donald Trump right now. I, I, I totally hear your analysis. I, I, I think that's a very solid analysis of terms of strength of candidate, especially since we did the whole make the case for each one last week. Right. I, I, I totally think and, and here's the thing. I think my my biases, I think I think both of our biases really would, would favor more Ron DeSantis than it would Donald Trump. But but take ourselves out of it for just a second. And this is why I'm going with truth. Um is who does the base belong to? It doesn't matter that Donald Trump has all these legal issues right now. Doesn't matter. Not to the base. They're going to vote for him anyway. If you look at the crowds in which Donald Trump pulls out into um, all, the, all of his events and speeches and things like that, 
so far. I mean, Ron DeSantis is untested in that area, so we don't know. We don't know. Um, that's not uh, true. Not not on a national scale. Well, that's not true either. Look at his events in, uh, on his book tour, Pat. He's he's gone in front of thousands and thousands of people himself. Yeah, but I would argue that Donald Trump's is still bigger. It's it's my my point is this. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the logic is. It doesn't matter right now. Right now, all that matters is who does the base belong to? It's Donald Trump. Okay, so so I understand where you're coming from, but here's the here's the counter to that argument, Pat. You asked about weakness. Who's you asked that you asked me or made a statement that Ron DeSantis is the weaker candidate. You didn't say that he is the the weaker candidate with the base. No, 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 no. And, and this is always going to be the issue. And this is part and parcel of how Ron DeSantis can can make a case against Donald Trump, even with the base, is that question for you. Do you want somebody who has the same bona fides, the same um, some of the same things, but has executed on them and then on top of executing on them is more palpable and palatable to mm-hmm. a larger segment of the population in so much as guess what pat uh, i just saw this yesterday trump loses to joe biden mm-hmm. in pennsylvania ron DeSantis doesn't ron DeSantis has a three-point advantage right now now take polls at a grain of salt at this point in time but right there's mm-hmm. your there's your counter right and on top of the pennsylvania issue among independents Donald Trump is down seven points right now to a Joe Biden candidacy, while Ron DeSantis has a plus two advantage. And oh, by the way, amongst um, people in, I think it's Wisconsin, it's a dead heat between Ron DeSantis and Joe Biden, where guess who loses? And this is the other part of this argument for all the things that you might think on the base that, oh, the 2020 election was stolen and this was stolen and that was stolen and blah, 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 whatever you might actually believe. And of course, our belief is that the election was stolen based off of how the system was set up to allow for them to do the things that they did. You legally allowed for them to do it. The mail out voting um, the the change in in all of the electioneering that went on. Okay, so we we put that in play, right? right. A Ron DeSantis candidacy actually turns out to be stronger because he's going to be able to attract more. Here's the other rub of a uh, Donald Trump candidacy. He turns out less and less people every single time he runs. Every single time that he. Um, puts himself in front of people, he turns more and more people off instead of bringing more and more in. I mean, all fair points. Like like I said, it, as of right now, I mean... And I, and I don't think the argument about the base is a good one because that's a very limited population. You cannot win a general election just by the base alone. And, and, and I'm not talking about... Uh, let's put it this way. The argument about the base falls when you realize that as Ron DeSantis and the Republican Party have taken over, gone from narrow win to 
the biggest win in GOP history in the state of Florida, they have gained over 1.2 million registered Republicans in the state. They have a 1.2 million advantage in the state right now. He knows how to bring people into the tent, whereas Donald Trump knows how to do what? Push people out of the tent. That's the reality, and that's why I don't think that argument holds much water when you look at, not just from a logical perspective, but from a pure numbers perspective. When you look at how you win an election, you have to win outside of your base. You have to be able to, because the reality on a national scale is that the Republican Party is outnumbered right now. It is. And if you are going to win based off of the fact that we know that they're going to attempt to cheat in certain areas and and use the rules in certain areas because the GOP has no cojones to go after those BS rules, how do you win in the face of that? You win by growing, not shrinking. You win by attracting more people to want to vote for you than less. And Donald Trump has that problem. So that's where I, I see the, the argument of the base is strong, the base is strong, and they're not going to go for DeSantis. That's a primary argument. We're, I'm right. talking about – so the weaker of the two candidates is not somebody who can win the primary. It is somebody who can win come November of 2024. And I, and, and I think you have to look at the totality of what Ron DeSantis was able to do, taking a deep – purple state and turning it the deepest red in the entire country in one election cycle. That's all you need to know, as far as I'm concerned, as to the weakness or strength of Ron DeSantis as a candidate. He did it in the, what, third most populous state in the country? Or fourth most populous state in the country? Because I think it's what, California, New York, California. Texas, and then Florida? Yeah, I think I think it's number four. But, but I, I, again, I, I hear all your points. And here's the thing. I actually really hope I'm wrong. I really do. I really hope I'm yeah. wrong on this. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all part and parcel of, of why we have these statements. Let's think mm -hmm. through it. Let's we can disagree. That's fine. I, I, I just I just think I just think at the end of the day, I mean, forget what you know about politics. Forget what the numbers say, because, I mean, the numbers have said lots of things before and we've been wrong. So especially when it comes to elections. So it just to me it looks it looks like eh, I don't know Donald Trump is still the stronger candidate until he's not. Okay. All right, that's fine. I mean, well, we're going to agree to disagree on this and that's great. All right. So my first truth or fiction comes courtesy of President Joseph Marionette Biden, truth or fiction this. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. Truth or fiction, Pat? That there's no such thing as someone else's child. It's all the nation's childs. The children. Yes, Pat. Uh, you care to speak on a show that requires us to speak? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't stand this guy. 
I can't stand the, the people that, that have that mentality of, oh, they're all our children. No, they're not. My kid is my kid, and that's it. They don't belong to you. They do not belong to you. I, if, if I don't want my kids to be learning certain things in school, I have the right as a parent to say, screw you. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. I have the right to raise my kids as I see fit as their as their father. So does my wife. My The only other person that really truly has a say in all of this is my wife, their mother. Until such a time to where we can no longer be their parents for whatever reason, they don't belong to anyone. Anyone but us. How we integrate them and socialize them in our today's world is up to us how we teach them is up to us it is not up to people like joseph marion biden and his ilk not at all get out this is my family not yours i get that say Remember back in the uh, summer of 2020 when BLM Inc. Um, and Antifa and all the leftist subsidiaries decided to riot, loot, um, and show their radical nature? Remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh huh. Remember that in the manifesto for BLM Inc., okay? Right? They proclaimed as part of their manifesto. Quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and quote unquote villages that collectively care for one another. This is the exact this is this is that concept put into words by the president of the United States of America. Now, do I believe that this is something that Joe Biden himself actually believes? No. I don't believe that for a second, because what have I always postulated when it comes to things that are written on a piece of paper for Joe Biden to say? They're not his words. He is just literally a marionette, a puppet, literally just reading what is in front of him. He is anchorman, right? Reading anything and everything that is put in front of him without a thought or a care to, do I actually believe this or not? Because he is so riddled with dementia that he can't understand the concepts that are put in front of him. But this is that concept in action. The president of the United States literally says, your child is not your child, and it's all of our children's, right? So we all have a collective responsibility. Now, do I agree to an extent that our culture, that our um, are more collective um, morality has a role to play in raising a child? Yeah, it, I, I agree. But talk to any parent out there and they're going to tell you to leave my child alone. It ain't on you to raise my child. It isn't on you to, you know, for instance, if I had friends that were leftists, right, and and I'm there babysitting their children, is it on me to indoctrinate them into uh, libertarian thought processes at the age of three? Hell no. 
or at the age of 10? No. Or is it there? Just, am, am I supposed to be there in high school as they're reading whatever leftist garbage and then counter that? No, that's not my responsibility. Do we have a responsibility to make sure that children grow up safely? Yeah, sure. But this is the fallacy of this argument is that a village needs to raise that child. And, and Hillary Clinton said this a long time ago too, right? It takes a village, right? No, it doesn't. And the only reason why you believe in the um, disrupting the nuclear family structure is because that destroys Western society. And that is the ultimate aim of leftists. That is the ultimate aim of that communist collective idea, right? How do you how do you go from a society that is rooted in the Constitution, that is rooted in the Bill of Rights, right? That is understanding of the Declaration of Independence and believes in liberty and freedom to whatever degree that that actually exists. How do you go from that to some other thing? You disrupt the entire structure, the entire apparatus of family, right? If you destroy the nuclear family, what you are saying is that the collective matters more than the individual on a very basic fundamental level that will have absolute total destruction of the idea of individual liberty. Mm-hmm. It becomes collective liberty at that point in time. For whatever you believe about the concept of liberty, collective versus individual, collective liberty is antithetical to individual liberty. Collective, quote unquote, liberty is literally the, 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 the cornerstone, if you will, right, of the building blocks of Marxist theory and Marxist thought, whether that's socialism or communism or whatever ism you want to put out there. That's the reality of this situation. And that's why this statement for me is absolute fiction, obviously. But more importantly, this is dangerous coming from the mouth of the president of the United States. And on top of it, it is on purpose. This was put in front of him to say. This was purposefully done. By whom? This is what we should be demanding from Karine Jean-Pierre. Today, the people that are in that press room today, President Joe Biden said that they that he believes in the collective raising of children in our society. One question for you, Madam Press Secretary, who was writing his speech yesterday? And that will tell you all you need to know, because once you know who wrote those words for him to speak. You know who's pulling the strings, and I guarantee to you, it is somebody inside that administration, a speechwriter, somebody on the staff, whatever, whom is a far leftist activist. Well, and the, my, my bigger question is, who does that speechwriter ultimately report to at the end of the day? Like, where, where are they getting all that from? It's it's not even necessarily just that, that they're activists. I'm sure that they can come up with it on their own. That's true. But maybe it was Susan Rice. And maybe that's why she uh, decided to uh, mutually part ways yesterday. And by the way, did you know that Susan Rice was part of the, the Biden, like, domestic policy council or whatever? No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't yeah. even know she was still around. 
No, I mean, I knew she was around. I just didn't know that she was uh, around around. Right. That's what I'm saying. But but here's one last thing on this. I I get the whole concept of, you know, there, there are... There, there are support systems, outside forces that, that help support the nuclear family. I, I get that. That's, and I would even argue that that's true. But as parents, you get to decide what those forces are, what that support system is, what that looks like. Right. It's, it's A destruction not, of the nuclear audio. family is has proven to be the biggest hindrance to, um, to the possibility of growth wealth and the rise in crime the rise in violence in the black community they are the they are the ones who already are a vic- the biggest victims of the destruction of the nuclear family they went from you know birth rates in the 70s right 70% of people in the black community being born into a two-parent household in the 1960s to today, that's less than 30%. That's a problem, and it's turned out to be a problem. I I, I don't know anybody who think other than far leftists who think that that is not an actual problem. They see it as a feature instead of a bug, and and we talk all the time about how do you share a country with that. This is the prime example. This is a fundamental difference. One side believes that your children are your children and that the nuclear family produces the best opportunity for positive outcomes. We also all have individual will, choice, and whatever to make in that in, in inside that structure, right? But it turns out that Every single piece of statistics, every single piece of data, every single piece of logic, reason, function of our society shows this to be true. On the other hand, every single piece of logic, function, reason, blah, 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 shows that if you put in tank the amount of nuclear family surrounding you, your outcomes turn out to be Statistically speaking, really bad. You are more likely to make crime. You're more likely to be murdered. You're more likely to be on drugs. You're more likely to be addicted to something at some point in time. And most importantly, you are more likely to father or mother children out of wedlock again. And repeat and repeat and rinse these cycles. That's the generational problems that exist. If you just, ah, nah, it's the nuclear family that's the problem, so let's let the government raise the children. How the hell do you, like fundamentally, how do you look at the information that is available and come to that conclusion? I cannot wrap my head around. It is antithetical to any sort of data, reason, whatever you want to put out there. I, I just, wow. How would the president of the United States, if he is not dementia riddled, right, mm-hmm. is not able to, if he is able to, let's put it this way, if he is able to somewhat cognitively function, how does he see those words on a piece of paper and then say them out loud as if he actually believes them? 
the conclusion logically is that one of two things must be true. Either he believes it or this is something put in front of him and he's got no clue what he's talking about. Because again, if he's looking at logic, reason, data, the function of our society today, 300, 400, 500, 1,000 kids, you know, two weekends ago in Chicago, and then we had the same thing happening out in California this past weekend, right? In San Francisco this past weekend. We see, um, you know, cars being broken into and stomped on and um, all the, the mayhem and the violence and the shootings and uh, cars being lit on fire. Does that happen in that number? If we have a society in which mom and dad are holding them accountable and responsible, because yeah, it does take two parents to parent. It turns out. All right. So, Pat, um, any final thoughts on on that truth or fiction? Go to hell, you rat bastards. Yeah. Stay um, with my kids. Yeah. Hey, Biden. Leave those kids alone. All right. Yeah, that's just good advice for him, period. The, the creepiest of creeps oh, yeah. that are out yes. there. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, Pat, I think it is a great time for us to, I don't know, how about we play a little bit of the B or not the B? Let's do it. All right. So today's headline, AOC. The government must shut down unapproved news agencies to defeat fascism. AOC, the government must shut down unapproved news agencies to defeat fascism. While you're thinking about that, folks, make sure your pick-me-up in the day or starting your day off right happens with a great cup of coffee from people who care about coffee, not a political image with their coffee. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off of your purchase. Small batch roasted on the spot, put into your bag, shipped off to you. Really great coffee from a great American company that doesn't give a bleep about your politics. Coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING for 5% off your purchase. Again, that's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Dot com promo code critical thinking five percent off your purchase today. All right, do you need the headline one more time? One more time. AOC: The government must shut down unapproved news agencies to defeat fascism. Is this truth or fiction? Just kidding. Is this the B or not the B? I mean, didn't she technically say this? I don't think she said this outright, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Babylon Bee. Final answer? Yes, but I'm not even remotely sure because this this does seem like something she said, but not directly said. All right. Well, you are correct. You have won us 100 central bank digital currency dollars, courtesy of the totally legit, totally winning. <clears throat> Dominic Izzo, MLM money. Congratulations, Pat. Congratulations. It'll go into our account that we have no access to. Stupid IRS. <clears throat> In order to defeat fascism, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 
has called for the military to shut down news agencies that say anything unapproved by the government. Quote, it's like defeating fascism 101, said Miss Ocasio-Cortez. The government takes control of the nation's media, then silences all the bad people. Fascism solved! Miss Ocasio-Cortez has demanded the government start with banning Tucker Carlson, followed by several other conservative journalists. <clears throat> Quote, we are literally in danger of falling into fascism until the government locks away all the bad journalists, explained Miss Ocasio-Cortez. Look at China. They are like so safe from fascism. Do you see anything like January 6th happening in China? I don't think so. Anyone in China who says anything the government thinks could incite violence is like uh, disappeared or something. It's all worth it if we stop just one January 6th. According to Democratic leadership, the government's efforts to beat back fascism will require immediately making a handy blacklist to be overseen by the House Un-American Activities Committee. The committee will monitor the news for un-American activities such as saying the government narrative may be wrong, said Representative Hakeem Jeffries. As the government steadily crushes dissenting speech by labeling it as incitement to violence, fascism will be destroyed once and for all. At publishing time, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez has asked Jen Psaki if the contact lenses she wears uh, made her look smart. Didn't and yes, she... I know it's Jen Psaki, not Jen Psaki. Didn't didn't AOC technically say something like this though? Yeah, I mean, she literally said that uh, Tucker Carlson should be taken off of air for incitement to violence. And speaking of uh, of this, Pat, um, <clears throat> Tucker Carlson, right? Yesterday, big breaking news after we <laughs> recorded the show. Quite literally, like I think about an hour after uh, we had put the show out to the public. Um, yeah, Tucker out at Fox News again. I don't want to deal in rumors and innuendo or anything. Let's let that uh, speak for itself. But speaking of speak for itself, I, I'm just going to let AOC speak for herself here. Okay. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country, um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works and it is important. And um, there you go. Good things can happen. So she goes full commie uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and, and you can see in the crazy eyes there that she is really happy about it. Yeah. Uh, and this is again, another situation just like the, the last uh, truth or fiction where I cannot put myself in that position. There's a difference between, so for, here's a great example, right? Um, and I'm going to go, into the world of sports for this, right? Okay. 
there's a difference between results like what we saw as Spurs fans when we got our butts handed to us 6-1 to one against Newcastle United on Sunday, conceding five goals in 20 minutes. It would be like in the first half of, of an NFL game, every single possession, right? Every single one of the possessions in the first half of that game, you go three and out and your, and your opposition scores a touchdown every time they touch the ball, okay? That's what that would be like. That you're down 42 to nothing at the half. That game over, right? You're you're down 42 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. That's what that's like. Okay. There's a difference between calling for somebody to be sacked because of their absolute trash performances, right? And absolute dereliction of duty on the job, right? There's a difference between calling for that and then being thankful that it happened, right? Because that means accountability. That means those things. And celebrating somebody losing their job because you disagree with their politics. Literally dancing on the grave of Tucker Carlson or anybody else. Okay. Um, For instance, the people at ESPN... And the people at Disney, right, they're, they're going through 7,000 people losing their jobs, okay? Bad performance by ESPN, bad performances by Disney in general, right, is led to those people losing their jobs. Is that worth celebrating? No, I don't celebrate it. That's sick for me. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be celebrating anybody losing their job other than if it has absolutely everything to do with their utter incompetence. But notice how AOC and this ilk's first response and the 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 first instinct is to celebrate because they think they have the moral high ground because they think that this is a moral issue. Notice that. Couldn't have well, happened think- to a nicer guy. They think they won somehow, but they won some big prize because he's no longer at Fox News. Right. Tucker, just because Tucker Carlson is not at Fox News, by the way, doesn't mean that Tucker Carlson's going away. No, no. But but beyond that, Pat, notice how she says it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. How do you know AOC? Do you know him personally? Do you know him professionally? No, you don't. Now, by all accounts, and and I can back some of these accounts up, having talked to some people in the media world, um, that say very similar things. Tucker has found a way to support, to um, take time out of his busy schedules, and find ways to reach out to people who are way lower on the totem pole than he is, Okay. And offer advice, support, um, have them know that they're going through difficult times and picking them up or finding ways to anonymously give them some money or donate to this cause or that cause or help pick them up in their time of need. By all accounts, he is a really, really nice man. By all accounts. This is a this is a mindset that I can never get around. You don't know him personally. You know nothing about his life. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. Like the again, 
I, this is why I mentioned, right? We we get rid of the manager at Tottenham Hotspur, or let's say your favorite NFL team is struggling, 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 and you get rid of a head coach who seems to be absolutely out of his depth, right? Cannot get a team to motivate, can't get them to to play correctly, or they're not listening, or when he makes changes, they they are incorrect changes, right? Or whatever have you. There's a difference between saying you need to go for the betterment of the team. Is that really what was going on here? And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But this this is the mentality, the first thing, the first thing that they go to. And if you're on the right and you think this too, about Don Lemon or anybody else, Unless this is about somebody doing something actually illegal, actually morally wrong or bankrupt, this is the problem for the left and for people in the MAGA Forever group as well. They see the world in moral black and white from a political standpoint. Either you're with me uh, totally, right? Or you're against me. It's it's how we get this vitriol from the the Trump forever, MAGA forever crowd towards the Ron DeSantis supporters or vice versa. This is all insane. The, they, the goal here is to strip the opposition of their humanity so that you can win some sort of political victory. If that is where you are, you are sick. You are wrong, and you disgust me. But this is the goal of AOC, to get the Tuckers fired, to get Fox News taken off the air. What is next? And so do I look at this from a moral perspective or a policy perspective? I look at this from a freedom and liberty perspective. This is dangerous and antithetical to the First Amendment. Somebody that you don't like said something that you do not like. If Tucker Carlson really defamed uh, Dominion voting or really defamed this or really did this or whatever, Ray Epps or whatever, 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 right? If those were really those things, they could do what Nick Sandman did to CNN. Sue the living crap out of them. And guess what? Nick Sandman won Almost every one of his cases, by the way, some of the some of which are still pending to this day. Did CNN defame Nick Sandman? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. A court of law said pay him two hundred and fifty million dollars. Is AOC calling for them to be taken off the air? No, right. This is this is the this is the problem with dehumanizing the opposition, which is exactly what happens when you cheer on somebody losing their job because you don't like what they have to say. Deplatforming works. I have to deplatform you if I disagree with you. No, I don't. I have to outspeak you. I have to make sure that people understand what you are saying is dangerous or whatever that you believe to be true. But the we have Don Lemon versus um, Tucker Carlson, right? We have alternatives at MSNBC, right? We have all of these people competing in the marketplace of ideas and for viewership. And it turns out people don't want to hear what's going on at MSNBC or CNN because the two of them combined couldn't equal Tucker's audience. 
people can discern quite well. All right. With that having been said, Pat, let's go ahead and take a look at our second truth or fiction statements. And in this case, I am going to go first. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So, truth or fiction, the Packers will win another Super Bowl before Aaron Rodgers does. So, I, I Aaron Rodgers is what, 38, 39, somewhere in there? Yeah, he'll be 30. He's 39. Okay. Or will be one of the two. Okay. So he's getting up there in age. I don't see him playing more than one, maybe two seasons in New York. I I, I don't. Uh, Okay. Just because he's getting up there. Therefore, I'm going to go with this being truth because while Aaron Rodgers is still good, I don't think he's in his prime anymore. And while New York has some weapons. I don't know that they're solid enough to win a Super Bowl. Definitely make a good run in the playoffs. But when you have someone like Kansas City, depending on what Baltimore is going to do, what Cincinnati, I mean, you know, and then if Cincinnati is able to, you know, put something together, I mean, that, Buffalo, that's a very Miami, yeah, yeah, Miami, yeah, Miami, uh huh. There, there, there's a lot of tough teams within that that in the AFC. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't. I see mean, it. think about this, Pat. When you go down the list of quarterbacks in the AFC, there's a real possibility that somebody like Mahomes, Allen, um, Rogers, um, you you go down the list, right? That yeah. one of them is not going to make the playoffs, which is insane. Right. And if I had to pick one of those right now, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers to not make the playoffs because I think Buffalo is just too damn good. Okay. Um, That's fair enough. I, I but, So so I agree with this being truth. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's why. Because we have seen for 15 years Aaron Rodgers not be able to put that team over the hump, right? Uh, he right. got there once and won once. And here's the ironic part, Pat. Um 2008, right, is the spring of 2008 is when uh, Brett Favre is traded to the New York Jets, right? Was it 2008? Yeah, yeah it was 2008. Um, it was after the 2007 season, so it was 2008. I remember this vividly because I was in Ames, Iowa. I mean, I'll take happened. your word for it. I just, I, yeah. I just so, seems like it was longer than that. But anyway. Right, exactly. It was only 15 years ago when this happened. But... So, he is traded. We get a third-round pick from the New York Jets, right? Mm-hmm. In that 2008 draft class, we draft BJ Raji with our our pick in the first round. Okay? Number eight or nine, I believe, is, is the number that he was picked at, right? Mm-hmm. We take all of the draft capital, meaning our third round draft pick from the New York Jets, plus a second rounder, and I believe another third rounder, package them up and send them, I forget to whom, but we end up with another first round draft pick, which becomes Clay Matthews. Okay? You're welcome, by the way. I know. Baltimore, right? Well, no. didn't No, Clay Matthews played for USC. Never mind. Yeah, you are correct. You played for USC. Yeah, I was thinking he played. Yeah, never mind. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, you I didn't say anything. Okay, so Clay Matthews, uh, it becomes that next pick. So, thanks to the New York Jets, 
in 2008. We build the two backbones of the defense that ends up helping us to win. Because we went from 6-10 and 10 in 2007 to the Super Bowl two seasons later. And winning yeah. the Super Bowl based off of the play of Clay Matthews and B.J. Raji up front. Um, Clay Matthews, I think, led the league in sacks that year and uh, became a dominant force, right? Largely because of this trade that ends up happening. Fast forward 15 years, we have a 15-year playing career for Aaron Rodgers, right? And we are now getting a, what, first-round swap, a second-round pick, a potential second-round pick again, and a fifth-rounder out of the Jets, right? And a potential number one. So are we going to be able to watch the Packers eat up a lot of draft capital and maybe make multiple first-round picks again thanks to the New York Jets? And we're talking about multiple first-round picks this year, not to say anything about what will happen likely next year, because I do see Aaron Rodgers playing at least 65% of the snaps uh, for the Jets this year. In which case, thank you uh, for that first-round draft pick that we'll have in 2024 uh, for the New York Jets. So we're talking about the possibility of the New York Jets from one quarterback of the Packers to the second quarterback from the Packers, giving us the potential to us to for us to load back up, not not rebuild, but reload through the draft. A team that in a couple of years could be a contender if Jordan Love turns out to be what he looked like he could be when he got in uh, this year. That's incredible to think that the Jets could do that for us twice. We'll see yeah, what happens yeah, with the draft. Yeah. Obviously, you have to hit. I, I, but I, I mean, I, I agree that this is this is uh, truth that the Packers will win a Super Bowl before Aaron Rodgers wins another one. I, I do agree with that. I don't think it's going to be under Jordan Love. Yeah, we'll see. I, yeah. So I, I, I just yeah, I'm not saying I didn't I say that it was going to be under Jordan back. Love, Pat. I, yeah. I didn't say that. I said oh, yeah, that I know that. I know that. There's an opportunity that exists. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We have no earthly idea. What we do know is that the Jordan Love we saw in 2022, right? That Jordan Love looked very different than the one that we saw a year before in limited game opportunity. Like the Jordan Love that came in in relief, in needed relief, and needed to run this offense, right? Needed him to actually throw the football and do the things that he, uh, or that, Aaron Rodgers was going to do in literally a do or die scenario looked very different than the guy who didn't know looked like deer in headlights when he got in and had to start a game the season before. So we'll see again. We will see. But all I do know is that the Jets have the ability to potentially bring us something once again. How ironic would that be? It, it uh, would be. It would be. Now, I, I think we will win a Super Bowl before Aaron Rodgers because I don't believe that, to your point, that Aaron Rodgers brings them a Super Bowl, which means the next time we win a Super Bowl will be before Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl. All right. With all of that being said, Pat, it is time to go with your second truth or fiction. All right. Truth or fiction. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News because it had something to do with the settlement with Dominion. All right, so I, I said this up front. Um, I'm not going to speculate on, on on any of this because we just don't know. 
and that's kind of not where I'm at. Um, but I'm going to go fiction on this because it has absolutely nothing to do with this settlement with Dominion um, from from the, the news that I have gathered. Uh, because here's the – if that's the case, then why is Sean Hannity not fired, right? Why is Laura Ingram not fired? Um, I struggle with it because Tucker Carlson had literally nothing to do with questioning Dominion voting. In fact, he is famous – for going after Susan Powell for and refusing to have him or have her on his show because as they attempted to put her on the air he asked for the evidence right he asked for the proof of the claims that Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani were making when it came to um, the election in 2020 uh, in 2020 right he asked for that information and they refused to provide it because they didn't have it. So what did he do? He went on air and literally said, no, Susan Powell doesn't have the goods and it's against my journalistic ethic to put something on air that I can't verify. This is also the man who literally put the goods on air with Tony Bobolinsky, right? Right. Who had the had the goods. Didn't just take Tony Bobolinsky at his words. They vetted some what fifty-five pages of information from Tony Bobolinsky. Right? They, he's literally holding it in his hand as he's interviewing him, verifying the information. This is a man who has been very careful about claims that he has made. Whether you want to believe them to be true or not is a difference from the reality of reasoned logic, facts, and provability. Tucker Carlson was not mentioned once in that Dominion lawsuit, by the way. Not one time. So if Fox News is going to go after the largest fish in the in the pond, right? Why would they do so when he had no culpability or liability? When you could easily get rid of the um, oldest fish, the one that gets literally next to no ratings anymore in Sean Hannity, who did parrot all of these Dominion voting things, and not to not to mention all of the news division that parroted all of this. This is the classic Rupert Murdoch um, modus operandi. All you need to know is you need to go back to the news of the world scandal in Great Britain. Go back and look at that scandal where they literally were just making crap up. They were bugging people um, and, and putting out in select information on politicians, celebrities, all of these people doing illegal wiretaps and all this other stuff, putting out completely false news to get politicians, okay, to get people. This is classic Rupert Murdoch-led media modus operandi in the Dominion sense. Tucker, Carls Tucker Carlson sometimes has gotten things wrong, but it's always been based off of information that he has been able to verify, right? Mm. So, for instance, ask yourself this. When it came to the, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, right, did he just go off the deep end on conspiracy theories? No. No, no, he didn't. He provided potential um, culprits, right? I don't believe he ever said definitively that this was this or that. He also did break some of the news that some people in the intel world 
believed that this might have been the United States of America, but he always took it with a grain of salt. He always said, let's verify this information. And he's been able to verify that the, that the authenticity of the argument that was being made. I, this is, I think, all about um, journalistic not integrity, but journalistic rope, if you will. His ability to go after Ray Epps in January 6th. His, his constant drumbeat on that. His going rogue, if you will, on the uh, big pharma state, right? When you take a look at – there's no coincidence for me when I take a look at the money that, um, that News Corp and Fox – were taking from Big Pharma and Tucker Carlson literally saying, yeah, no, um, I'm not playing your game. Again, I, I don't know what the truth of the matter is, so I'm not going to speculate, but I do know this. This doesn't make sense from a Dominion voting perspective because there are many, many other culprits and none of them have been fired. And we don't even know if Tucker was fired. We we For all we know, they Tucker actually said, screw you, I'm gone. Right over whatever argument was going on behind the scenes. We just don't know at this point in time. And until we know, I'm not willing to totally speculate on this. I just so that's why I'm gonna go with this being fiction. What say you? So th this actually came from um a, a friend of mine yesterday in, in politics here in the state of Utah and and someone that I that I truly respect, but I disagree with, with, with this person completely. Um, I don't think it had anything to do with Dominion at all. And and the reason why is because I was trying to recall a time like, well, did he did he say anything about the, the, the Dominion thing being a thing? I think he actually questioned it like like you brought up. Well, and then they also brought up um, it wasn't necessarily him. It was the guests that he had on in regards to it and the things that they said about it and that he allowed them to get away with certain things. If that's true, what about Hannity? What about Ingram? What about, I mean, you could point at a bunch Jesse of other Waters, that, Right. Yeah. They did the same thing. I'm like, and I can't verify if that's true or not. I can't. So that's why else we came down. This is fiction. I, I have no idea what's going on here. For all we know, like you said, he could have just up and quit that, that, I think is a very big possibility. In fact, I, I kind of have a... Yeah, because because what we do know, Pat, about this entire scenario from people who were on the show on Friday, people who have spoken about this, they, they were <clears throat> the people behind the scenes, right? The producers, the bookers, mm -hmm. all of those things. We're lining up guests. We're putting the scripts together. We're putting all the things into the teleprompter, preparing right. for the show on Monday morning. And, and then, then suddenly it was gone. The right. And then something happened over the weekend where this was a, a thing. So like, the point I, where I don't the know. people who were the working on the show didn't even know this was coming down. Right. So some so, something happened. Right. I, I, I hope to eventually find out. I hope we eventually get those answers because I think yes. that would be fascinating. I question whether or not Fox News just signed their own death warrant or not, because I, I know people that thought the same thing when they did that to uh, Bill O'Reilly and Megyn Kelly when they were out. Yeah, so, and I, I think for me, I, I take a look at this from the perspective, Pat, of um, 
<coughs> again, the, I'm going to go with the totality of News Corp, right? They never learned they, – they haven't learned their lesson from what they did in the News of the World scandal over in uh, Great Britain, okay? No. They didn't learn that lesson. They paid through the nose. People went to jail, right? Um, they right. threw all sorts of people under the bus that went to jail that paid fines. They were paying multi – like hundreds of millions of dollars in that case. And then 20 years, maybe not even 20 years later, they turn around and are now paying out three quarters of a billion dollars in this uh, defamation – in this suit, right? To, to make it go away and not go to trial. This is their modus operandi. It is. They're going to push it and push it and push it and push it and push it to the edge, right? Until they get caught. And then, oh, mea culpa, and, and we're just going to pay out a ton of money. They don't care about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about those things. Because if it were, they wouldn't have done what they did in the News of the World scandal in this situation. Right. All right. With that being said, Pat, um, any other final thoughts on today's show? Oh, I suppose it's uh, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Biden, stay the hell away from my kids. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And kids, don't be like Don Lemon and lie about the people who fired you and knowing that they can bring the receipts. Trust me on that. Also, as always, Matthew 547. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.